Good morning. Uh, trying to figure out how to get this angle. Oh, let me pull it up a little bit. I think that will help. Yeah, that helps a little bit. And you can turn your camera uh, sideways, and I think, or maybe there's that, that, little, um, that little box at the bottom so you can widen it up. I'm not sure. Anyway, here we go with uh, Matthew chapter 3. And this is so exciting to me. <laughs> so exciting and important. I know the words are not easy to see on my Bible, but it gives something visual anyway, so I can, um, so I don't have to personally be on camera, but, uh, okay, so let's, let's get into this. Um, so we're talking about John the Baptist in this. And in verse 3, uh, Matthew again calls back to the, the prophet that just legitimizes what's going on here. And that is Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And um, again, I just love the different spelling through the centuries and over the languages. You've got Isaiah here, Isaiah here. Um, and then, of course, these are going to be the English versions of them. It's not the Greek, and it's not the Hebrew. It's, just, it's the English versions. Um, we are, I, I think, uh, especially Americans, but English speakers, because we have uh, gone to such efforts in producing Scripture, we forget that it's not a, a uh, Western-based um, Western uh, way of living the bible is a a hebrew a jewish based way of living and so we we tend to compare everything next to our western civilization and how we function and, and, and that's just not what scripture is or does that's why we must study it um Okay, so I'm going to keep going. My brain just went to another topic that I'm not going to get on. I'll just stay focused here. So John comes along preaching, and what he preaches is repentance. He preaches repentance. Um, people were coming to him, being baptized of him, confessing their sins. Um, of course, he calls out the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know, there were there were religious people the Pharisees the Pharisees and the Sadducees were akin to our modern day denominations they were akin to that they both believed in the law of Moses but they had different beliefs when it came to things like resurrection it's almost like um, the difference in the Pharisees and Sadducees reminds me of people who um, have a point of contention when they talk about the tribulation. It is, 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 you know, people ask the question, are you pre-trib or post-trib? In other words, do you believe the tribulation is going to come on the earth before the rapture or after the rapture? Pre-trib means before the rapture. Post-trib means after the rapture, after the church is, is uh, taken out of here. That's the kind of contention that they had 
in um, here between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It, they, they both were had a foundation of Moses' law. They both did. But they, they came to, to boiling points over um, small, I don't know if you would call them small, I think they were worth discussing, but, but they made, it's almost like they made a God out of their, what their extra belief system was. Paul, uh-oh, somebody must be coming. Well, I don't see anybody, but Star's letting me know somebody's outside. Um, uh, uh, Paul, when you, we just read Acts last month, and Paul said he was a Pharisee. And Paul understood what the Pharisees' extra doctrine was. And so, and Paul actually played them. He played them because he knew what their doctrines were. Anyway, that's, that's a different thing. But that, I just wanted to point that out. That is the difference between the Pharisees and Sadducees. They, it was almost like, um, uh, I'll use Pentecostal since I am Pentecostal. It, it's almost like there's this basic theology that, that Pentecostals live by, um, but then you do have these people who, you know, um, they will come to points of contention. I've seen in my life points of contention over communion, whether or not it needed to be um, a fermented wine or a non-fermented wine. I have seen people leave churches that were having revival, having a move of God, because they had a personal belief about whether or not the communion wine should be fermented or not fermented. To me, we're, we're about to talk about fruit. If the church is bearing fruit, and if the foundational doctrines are correct, then then you, you get in sync with that congregation if that's where God's placed you. And I've seen the same points of contention over, uh, over whether or not you believe that there's going to be tribulation before the rapture or after the rapture. To me, those kinds of things are Pharisee, Sadducee kind of fights. It's like, no, I, I'm, I'm personally not weighing in on that. I have beliefs. I have my personal beliefs about what they are, but I'm not making it a point of contention. I want to have a move of, a move of God. I want to be a part of the harvest. And I, I can't also be a part of revival when I make those those belief systems almost my God, near God, if not God. Okay, so let's talk about repentance today because I think this is important for us even though we have been saved for a long time. John came, to, John came and preached that people should repent. repent. Repentance is not merely feeling bad that you did a bad thing. Repentance is not only feeling bad that you did a, a bad thing. You know, I say a bad thing, but we've got to remember that scripture says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him that is sin. If you've got something, whether it's an outward standard of holiness or if it's a, a soul winning uh, um, harvest you need to be in or if it's church attendance or if it's your prayer life, it doesn't matter if you've got the basic, what we call, you know, the, the, uh, the gospel, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's more to it than that. And he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, 
To him it is sin. And so when we who have been living for God for a while, when we hear a message come across the pulpit that causes us to feel bad, we feel conviction, we know we should do it better, and and we do not follow this, this definition of repentance, we have not repented and we need to face that about ourselves. We need, every man should examine himself. Let every man examine himself. So repent does not mean to feel bad. Oh, I feel bad I haven't been being a soul winner. Oh, I just oh, I just feel so bad. I know I should be fellowshipping more. Oh, I should be soul winning. Oh, I know I should be. Oh, I know I shouldn't be on the phone. Oh, I know I shouldn't be gossiping, blah, 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 whatever it is. Repentance means to change one's mind for the better. But it doesn't just mean to change one's mind. First of all, when we begin to change our mind as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The fact that we are thinking, I need to do this better, we will start doing it better. But as long as in our mind we keep excusing ourselves, we will not actually change our mind. To change one's mind for the better is repentance. As a man thinketh, so is he. But then it's more than just how we change our mind. It means heartily. Heartily means with exuberance, with strength. Heartily to amend with abhorrence of one's past sins. We are not going to change our behavior until we start abhorring our behavior. Until we start abhorring, hating, finding it disgusting loathing until we start abhorring the things that we are not doing right. We are not going to come to a place of repentance. And so whatever it is that God is dealing with us about in our services, in our prayer time, we've got to recognize we just that initial place of repentance that we came to when we first came to God is not enough. It is not enough. We are needing to be continually changed. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Repentance is a type of death. And we've got to every day recognize that we, even as saved, sanctified folks, are capable of being Pharisees and Sadducees. Just because we have the, the understanding and the doctrine and we are Walking the walk, talking the talk, and dressing the dress does not mean we do not have things we need to shape up about ourselves. Between our attitudes, our involvement in what God's called us to, to do, so forth and so on. And so let us not be Pharisees and Sadducees and think we're whited sepulchers. Let us never be that. Let us always do like the Apostle Paul and crucify our flesh. Take up our cross daily. And say, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And so that is what John came preaching. He came preaching repentance. And of course, he called out those people who thought they were saved. Um, and then he preached, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. So it's not enough just to feel like, uh, yeah, I feel bad about this. Yeah, I feel bad. That's not repentance. That's just acknowledging. That's acknowledging. And that's wonderful. Thank you. 
That's good. Acknowledging is good. But John said, bring forth fruit. Fruit is work, act, or deed. So bring forth a work, an act, or a deed. It means an effect or result. If, if you are changing your mind, where is your action that shows you have changed your mind? If you are abhorring your past sins, then bring a result that shows you are abhorrent of your past sins. John said, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Meat means having the weight of another thing of like value worth as much. So to bring forth fruit if this is your sin, if this is your sin, you have got to bring forth an action that meets the weight of it. I think that's why the Apostle Paul said that he was redeeming the time because the days are evil. He was bringing forth fruit that matched his past sin. His past sin was was killing people, was imprisoning people for their faith. And he brought forth an action that met the, the load of his sin. Bring forth fruit that meets your repentance. And this is, this is another thing that, that's so important. Let me, let me come back up, up here to what um, John said. Um, John said, repent... For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is at hand means to bring near, to join one thing to another. You bring it near so that it can be joined to another, but it is, it's at hand. It's not actually joined yet. It's just near enough to be joined. So we, we are repenting because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's close enough that it's it's bringing the person close enough that they can be. And this is why repentance isn't enough. This is why when when Christ started preaching, as a matter of fact, Jesus said to Nicodemus when Nicodemus came to him in the middle of the night, he said, um, um, "You must be born of the water and of the Spirit. You've got to be born again." You've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And so we, we see this, that repentance is not enough because we've still got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And so what happens is repentance brings us near. It brings us close enough to join us to the kingdom, but it doesn't actually put us to the, in the kingdom. And that's important to recognize because the people are always questioning why Jesus was baptized. Why was Jesus baptized? You know, we, we see when Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch, he says, he says, arise, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He was talking about baptism when he was talking about wash away thy sins. Wash away thy sins. So uh, um, Peter said, repent. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
Why are you being baptized in the name of Jesus? For the remission of sins. So you get an electric bill and it says, please remit this amount. You use the electricity and now you need to remit the cost of that electricity. So you repent and you, you begin to change your mind, you begin to abhor your behavior, and you begin to bring forth fruit meat for repentance. But you still have to wash away your sins, remit those sins, and that's what baptism does. Now, here's, here's what's important about that. Jesus was sinless. Jesus had no sin. And this, to me, just reiterates the importance of baptism. And so we get down here to verse um, 14 and 15, where Jesus came to John for baptism. And uh, John said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. Jesus's answer said, allow it to be so, suffer it to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness the kingdom of heaven is at hand it puts you near enough but part of the entrance is being born of the water and of the spirit being born of the water and of the spirit so repentance puts a person near but jesus said we need to fulfill all righteousness we need to do this process and so Repentance puts us near, but we have got to be born of the water. If, if Jesus Christ needed to be baptized to fulfill righteousness, then we need to be baptized also to fulfill righteousness. And then another thing that people often question is um, when he came out of the water, it says, Lo, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This was a representation for John. Christ knew who he was. He didn't need this. He, he, he said when he was 12 years old, when, his, when he was lost for, well, his parents thought he was lost. He was sitting in the temple. Um, he said, didn't, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? <laughs> Christ knew who he was. But this was, this was for John. John saw the Spirit of God. And of course, seeing the Spirit of God, we know that um, Christ was the embodiment of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I must go that the Comforter can come. Jesus was flesh. His Spirit had to come back. We call the Holy Ghost the Spirit of Christ. It is God. It is Jesus Christ himself. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ himself. So when this... When, when John was seeing all of this, this was for John. And if you remember, um, we might come across John again in Matthew. I, I've done some study on John, but I can't remember which books this happened in, if it happened in Luke or in Matthew, but we'll see once we get there. But, um, you know, John was ended up being put into prison and he, he actually sent some of his disciples, you know, just confirming, like, is this actually happening? And Jesus said, go tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised. So this, this was for John. John needed this reassurance. He needed this confirmation. Uh, just like we need the Lord's confirmation through our journey. You know, we, we felt like we heard the voice of God. We got direction. And then we started that purpose and we're like, 
well, it's not really working out like I thought it was going to, you know, is this, was that actually God? And so John had that same, that same humanity at work in him. One last thing I, I want to point out, because it has to do with what occurs to humanity who does not repent. So John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. You know, um, later in Acts, we see um, some disciples of John who were now believers of Christ and they were following Christ. And Paul comes upon these disciples and he's all excited when he meets them. And he says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know, because these are believers in Christ. He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we've, we've not heard about the Holy Ghost. And Paul said, well, if you've not heard about the Holy Ghost, how were you baptized? Because as far as Paul was concerned, everyone who knew about baptism knew about the Holy Ghost and vice versa. And um, they said, unto John's baptism. They had only been baptized unto John's baptism. So John had baptized them, but being baptized by John wasn't enough. And Paul said, John merely baptized unto repentance, saying unto the people, believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and um, he laid his hands on them and they spoke with tongues. And so the Holy Ghost is the being born of the Spirit. Baptism in Jesus' name is being born of the water. But John said, he that comes after me is mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then John warns about those who do not come to this state right here of repentance and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, this baptism. He says that the fan is in his hand, in God's hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Now, what this is talking about is um, when, when harvesters would gather their crop of wheat, they would gather wheat and chaff. Chaff looks a lot like wheat. And they would gather it all and they would put it in the, like in a, in a particular barn. If you know the story of Boaz and Ruth, this is where Boaz was. He was on the threshing floor. And when Ruth came and laid down at Boaz's feet, this is where Boaz was. He had gathered his wheat harvest and he was on the threshing floor with the fan in his hand and they would fan, they would use um, instruments to fan the wheat and other people would throw that wheat up in the air and the fans would blow away the chaff because chaff has no weight to it. It's very wispy and wheat, real wheat, even though chaff and wheat look alike, when you put it through this process, you can tell the difference because the wheat is heavy and it will fall back to the ground and the chaff will be blown away. And so this is what the warning is. And the chaff is, is put into a fire and burned up. And this was the warning of John. And I needed us to recognize this because when John said to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance, meat means to match having the weight of another. If we do not actually have the weight that meets our repentance, then 
once the Lord puts that fan in his hand, we will be blown away. I don't care if we are religious like Pharisees and Sadducees. I don't care if we've prophesied in his name. I don't care if we've cast out demons in his name. Jesus Christ himself said to those, he said it in a, in a parable, that it did, didn't matter if they did those things in his name. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. So it is possible to go through our behaviors of morning devotion and prayer and how we dress and how we walk and how we talk and how we conduct our attitudes and not actually bring forth fruit meat for repentance. We have got to die daily like Paul did. It is very important that we die daily. Thank you for joining me today. God bless you. Have a good day.